0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues.
1: We have an important interview with Joan Hunter from NRB, but also Dr. Anthony Harper covers the Naftali Bennett Prime Minister meeting with uh, President Biden at the White House. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has come to Washington and met with President Biden. We now have live reporting from our White House correspondent, Dr. Anthony Harper, is joining us live outside the White House. Anthony, how are you today?
2: Very, um, I'm very uh, thankful and very hot in Washington, D.C. <laughs>
1: It looks like the August dog days of summer there in Washington, DC. I see you're right outside the White House, but you were uh, inside just on Friday when the Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, came to visit with President Biden and you spoke to the Israeli press spokesman. What can you tell us?
2: Well, I I tried to get an interview with the Prime Minister and and the the Prime Minister spokesperson at the White House that he's not open to doing any interviews. I try to get access in, and they refuse my access in, but I have watched the, uh, President Biden meeting with the Prime Minister, Natalia Bennett, and uh, I know there's several key points that were brought up, and we can talk about those.
1: Well, we know from public statements that Uh, Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister who has replaced Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel, uh, he thought this was a successful visit. Israel came here with three goals. And the first one we're gonna talk about is no nuclear weapons for Iran. Does the Biden administration support or refuse to, to help Israel in that regard?
2: Well, President Biden said he was gonna try the diplomatic route first. But it seems clear to me, and I think a lot of other people, that the diplomacy is not working because Iran is still building towards uh, getting uh, uh, those nuclear weapons and are very close to having nuclear weapons. So definitely diplomacy is not working. So I'm wondering what's on next for the agenda. Uh, Israel's gonna have to do something very quickly. Well, it
1: seems like behind closed doors, uh, President Biden made a promise maybe even to use force if Iran does get nuclear weapons. Let's go ahead and roll a clip of Prime Minister Bennett speaking right next to Biden about this issue.
3: Obviously the main issue we're gonna be talking about today uh, here is Iran's race to a nuclear weapon. We talked about it inside the room. Uh, and I was happy to hear your clear words uh, that Iran will never uh, be able to acquire a nuclear weapon. and. Uh, that that you emphasize that you will try the diplomatic route, but there's uh, other options if that doesn't work out. So, you know, these very days illustrate what the world would look like if a radical Islamic regime acquired a nuclear weapon. That, That marriage would be a nuclear nightmare for the entire world. Iran is the world's number one exporter of terror, instability, and human rights violations. And as we sit here right now, the Iranians are spinning their centrifuges in Natanz and Fordow. And we got to stop it. And we both agree. So we've developed a comprehensive strategy that we're going to be talking about with two goals. The first goal is to stop Iran on its uh, regional uh, aggression and start rolling him back into the box. And the second is to permanently keep Iran away from ever being able to break out the nuclear weapon. As I told you, Mr. President, Israel never had and never will ask America to send troops to defend ourselves. That's our job. We will never outsource our security. Uh, it's our responsibility uh, to take care of our fate. But. We do thank you for the tools and the back you've been giving us and you're giving us.
1: So there you saw the prime minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett saying that, of course they're going to try peaceful methods, but the the key concession from the Biden administration is if the peaceful dialogue with Iran fails, and if Iran does get nuclear weapons that other measures can be taken, and, and that seems to be a, 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 a threat of force by the Biden administration hinted at. Of course, they would never say this publicly, they don't wanna start a, a controversy, but I read between the lines there. Do you think Biden would have the guts to support Israel in an air war?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that, that he has uh, the motivation to support Israel when it comes to that matter of really uh, attacking Iran in this matter Israel is left to uh, alone to defend itself, and hopefully they're trusting in the God of Israel at that The Prime Minister of Israel made it very clear that Israel is dedicated to defending their country. If they're not asking for the United States to defend them for them, although the Prime Minister did thank President Biden for all the support the United States has provided in many ways.
1: Especially in the past, when President Trump was in office, he was very pro-Israel. He moved the embassy to uh, Jerusalem. But now the Biden administration is reinstating the Palestinian consulate, which Trump had merged into the, the Israeli embassy. He said, no, no, you don't need separate consulates. Now, Palestine, which is not yet a state, is getting their own consulate. Is this a reversal and is Biden more in favor of the Palestinians?
2: Well, uh, I think for for many of our audience, uh, is is the issue of of this administration showing some signs of uh, anti-Semitism in that route because the Israelis, including the prime minister, believe that's 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 an act of anti-Semitism supporting a Palestinian state in any way Uh, I don't have any, uh, I don't have evidence that they talked about that specifically. I do know that President Biden has been convinced that the establishment of a Palestinian state would bring peace to the Middle East. But the prime minister of Israel doesn't accept that. Many people in Israel don't accept that as well.
1: Okay, and another concession Bennett says is, the US is going to continue to supply military weaponry to Israel as they have in the past. That's no big surprise. But the third concession that Bennett says, they're opening up American borders to Israeli tourism. In other words, they can come here uh, and and Biden is dropping the restrictions because of travel restrictions because of COVID. What about the other way? Are you allowed to go to Israel?
2: I'm not allowed to go to Israel unless I have a vaccine. I'll be vaccinated and also Israel requires people to be quarantined. Israel is really having a serious struggle with this issue of. COVID-19 over there. So uh, I'm not convinced that President Biden is really saying that people that are unvaccinated from Israel can come over here.
1: So that's a one way street. It sounds like Biden caved in that. Dr. Anthony Harper, thank you for uh, your report. His website is imcnews.org. Let's continue to pray for him and to pray for Israel. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Dr. Anthony Harper will talk about an Afghanistan journalist who is in Washington. If you've watched our program, you know that we stand with Israel as God's chosen people. We need you to sign a petition today, why? Because did you know that even as Iran is now developing 800 mile range cruise missiles, could be nuclear tip very soon, that our US Congress has now three brand new freshmen congresswomen we call them the three anti-Semitic musketeers, Ocasio-Cortez and two Muslims, Talib and Omar. And they are influencing Nancy Pelosi to have the most anti-Semitic Congress in years. We need to stand with our friends in Israel and that's why we're asking you to sign a petition. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Don't divide Jerusalem, stand with Israel and stand up to the United Nations. We will fax it to the Congress, but you need to sign today. Take a stand, visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign our petition today. Today we are remembering to pray for and commemorate our 45th president, Donald J. Trump, who was, in our generation, perhaps the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-Israel, and pro-America president of our time. To remember him and honor him, we've issued these brand new golden commemorative coins. They have Donald Trump right in the cover and it says, in God we trust, to remind you to pray for our 45th president. For a suggested donation of $45 to our ministry, we'll remember and send you this 45th president coin. And not just that, we're gonna throw in a copy of my book, How to Liberate the World with the Christian Activist DVD. So you get all three. You have a coin to remember to pray and then to learn how to be an effective Christian activist. You get the book and the DVD and then to show the world your Christian faith, we're gonna add this window decal. It says, I pray for religious freedom. So you can remember to pray, learn and show the world that you stand with us at Pray In Jesus Name. Please donate today when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the bookstore button at the top and you'll see all four items for a suggested donation of $45. Or call us right now at 866 God. Get yours
0: today. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Anthony Harper, live outside the White House. Anthony, you met an Afghani journalist this week and I wonder what did you learn from her?
2: Well, this Afghanistan woman journalist here is Nazira Karimi, and what I've learned about is all the the pain that she and her family have experienced, and so many in Afghanistan. Uh, I've I've learned about uh, her relationships with Afghanistan people. She does Facebook Live uh, connections with the people in Afghanistan, and she's asked me to to speak uh, to her friends on, on Facebook in Afghanistan and to pray for them. I've learned how serious it is, and she and many of the people in Afghanistan feel abandoned by this administration, very distraught. Actually, uh, her family members were injured on the way to the airport last week, Uh, you know, regarding—they're trying to get to the airport to get out of of, uh, Afghanistan. She and so many people are going through so much pain, and uh, I've also noticed her interactions with other people here at the White House. She has been called on several times with the press secretary, I think irritating the press secretary a little bit. She has very serious issues to deal with, and I believe that some may put her down as being too emotional over this, or even belittle her for not being a real journalist. I've I've heard criticism criticism of her.
1: Well, we treat all journalists as real journalists, and. Uh, this this woman who came all the way from Afghanistan to Washington DC, uh, she's talking about women's rights and Christian rights and religious freedom and dem- Democrat activists uh, who are now being killed by the Taliban. Uh, it is now by the time of this air date after the 31st of August, uh, supposedly all the Americans who wanted to get out, especially the American military have now left the country. What does that do for democracy activists like this Facebook journalist who is pleading with the Biden administration for her civil rights?
2: Uh, a great impact on her and many other civil rights. Uh, belittling, as you said, any journalism is, is unacceptable, and she has gone through so much, uh, so much pain, uh, and she has so many connections to people in Afghanistan. So. I'm hoping and, and praying for her and all the people in Afghanistan that that she will be more respected here and be, be able to get called on more to address this issue. I've actually sent my interview with Afghanistan journalist uh, woman uh, Azura Karimi to the press secretary. I'm hoping that she will watch this very moving interview, very special time with her. And I think I'm probably the, the primary journalist here at the White House that is very close to her on this issue of Afghanistan.
1: Well, sometimes just the very idea of being called upon by the White House would make her credible. It would give her increased status in foreign journalism, Uh, She could become, you know, uh, obviously have more popularity or people would find her on Facebook. If the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, would just call upon this woman Afghani journalist to ask a question, that would give credibility to the democratization movement that she's trying to represent and especially women's rights. If she goes back to Afghanistan, she's gonna be a target because the Taliban themselves, they come in on horseback and, and from the mountains. They don't know what Facebook is. They just know that computers are evil. The internet is evil. Uh, and, and they wanna kill anyone like her who, or at least enslave her in a burqa or make her you know, follow the, the strict Sharia law teachings of Islam and Muhammad. Uh, which actually enslaves women. So I pray for her safety. Do you think she'll stay in America? Or is there a chance she would go home to try to uh, fight for democracy?
2: Well, definitely she's gonna stay here in the United States. It's too risky for her to return back to Afghanistan. She's been threatened by Taliban before her life's been in jeopardy when she was there in Afghanistan. So it'd be suicide for her to go back to Afghanistan and she can plead for democracy here at the White House would be a better position, be a lot safer, but sad to say for her.
1: Amen, we're losing his signal, but we're gonna take a moment to pray for Afghanistan right now. Father in heaven, we pray for all of the people of Afghanistan who are now under strict Sharia law of the Taliban and their oppression. Father, we pray for religious freedom, especially for the underground church. We're hearing stories of martyrdom, of Christians uh, just for their faith, just for believing in Jesus or having a Bible app on their cell phone. God, give them liberty, give them freedom, give them access to the internet so they can talk to each other and, and protect this female journalist who's come to America and grow her audience so that we can someday see a free and democratic Afghanistan. Uh, God, give us a miracle in that regard. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Joan Hunter, the, son, the daughter of healing evangelists Charles and Frances Hunter, after this.
2: This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry and the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think?
4: Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray In Jesus Names Ministry. Dr. Chaps here with this great ministry needs your support and you can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code News, and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back, I'm gonna put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. 15 years ago I invented my pillow. It took me two years to develop because I wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow. I made sure that you could adjust my patented and fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. Go to mypillow.com to get deep discounts, not just on my pillows, but so much more. For example, you get my six piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code.
0: Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps. We're joined now in studio at NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas, Texas. With my new friend Joan Hunter. Joan is not only the author of 26 books about Jesus, about healing, evangelism, everything. Uh, she has a great ministry, but she's also the daughter of Charles and Francis Hunter, the legendary evangelist who had the Happy Hunters Healing Ministry in the 1970s and beyond. Uh, Joan Hunter, welcome to the program. How are well, you
5: today? I am doing great, thoroughly enjoying being here at NRB.
1: Well, thank you. you, you I want to encourage people to buy some of your books And I'm a Navy veteran. I was a Navy chaplain. You have a book about healing for veterans. Yes,
5: miracles for veterans, and it takes people from total devastation, agoraphobic, um, on disability from the from the services to full living living their life again.
1: Healing from PTSD and and other things, anxiety uh, traumas.
5: Yep. And like one of the testimonies in there is this couple. They got married about 40 years ago. He's from Vietnam. you know did the war in Vietnam and so she would want to snuggle at night and touch him and he would instantly try to kill her because that's what it was you touch you kill you know and so for after a couple nights of that great honeymoon huh but they decided they'd had to put pillows in between so that she wouldn't accidentally touch him in the night yeah and uh, and so prayed for him about three years ago we have a a big blanket that's anointed and prayed over says miracles happen for veterans prayed over that, put it on him, uh, and after the second night, the pillows went on the floor, and they're just the cutest couple. He's 75 now and she's in her 60s, and they're just snuggle, 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 and it's just so cute. And that's just one of the amazing That healed
1: his ability to receive her affection and love.
5: Well, not be woken up without trying to kill her, and the memory and what triggered from 50 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see why. If he were in the jungle, that would be startling you might have to fight
5: absolutely they had to be you know fight ready
1: yeah well a different book you have is about uh, uh, emotional healing and I'll let you say the title
5: okay I have several of them uh, that kind of pinpoint that one of them is called um, healing of the heart my testimony of the betrayal of trauma and everything I went through in the year 2000 And then I have another one called Love Again, Live Again, if you've had a broken heart syndrome, which I did, and how to get healed and get your heart really, really healed and whole. And then I have uh, another one that talks about the emotions but it's called Annihilate Fear, because fear is an emotion and we've got to annihilate fear, put fear in its place, not allow fear to take us from our place.
1: Broken heart syndrome, but but the ultimate source of all this healing is Jesus. Absolutely. How, tell me about that.
5: And uh, God just healed my heart. Um, I got I was divorced in the year 2000. Ex-husband, we were pastoring here in, in Dallas, um, etc. He was living a double life as homosexual, and so when it came to the fruition, very very codependent denial, everything else that went with it. Finally, it was like, okay, God says you're free to go. And because my life was threatened, because God only knows what disease he might bring home, etc. And uh, in the process of all of that, um, you know, then I got, I got divorced and two days later diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was like, my, and I, my first response is, this is awesome, I'm going to die and be with Jesus and not hurt anymore. And that's not what God had planned. But I realized I had four good reasons to live. Charity, Spice, Melody, and Abigail, my four daughters. Wow. And, uh, and so I made the decision because God could, you know, he, I'd just be with hev- in heaven with him. And so I made the decision to fight. And I slapped my face and I said, no, I'm going to live and not die and clear of the works of the Lord. Today, I choose life. Say that
1: scripture again slowly. I'm going to live...
5: I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I made a decision and a covenant with God that I was going to walk out my healing. So at that point I go home and I'm devastated, falling apart, divorced a man I still loved, but he, we tried for years to make it work and fix and everything and it just didn't. And, uh, and so at that point I went home and once again very devastated. The, the breast cancer technically can be treated medically. But what's in here cannot. The counselor said, you'll never get over it. I'm so over it. I've written books so you can get over it too. Okay. So not
1: just a physical healing from cancer, but the the spiritual and emotional healing from the
5: disappointment and heartbreak. And the memories, all the bad memories. And because God chooses to remember our sins no more, Paul forgetting those things which are behind me that I did and were done to me, I'm going to now fulfill the call of God on my life. That's Paul.
1: Amen. So God can heal that. Okay, last I want to talk to you about Haiti. You're an evangelist and you saw a million people in your preaching crusades.
5: Yes, went down there about three months two three months after the earthquake originally and uh, my heart, you know, I left part of my heart in Haiti and I I helped support several orphanages down there but we saw so many people healed, give their life to Jesus it was absolutely amazing getting healed of the trauma, the trauma that they'd experienced, you know, and things like that so it was just, it was really amazing.
1: Well, I can see why God would care and want to show up in the middle of that horrible crisis—the the Haiti earthquake of I think now uh, five years ago. Gosh, it's been a long time.
5: 2010, <clears throat> eleven
1: years ago. Eleven years ago. Oh 11, my gosh! Yes, it I seems know. Seems like yesterday. I know. Uh, but but you were there and preaching healing and deliverance and salvation through Jesus Christ. Yes. And
5: those hungry people saw miracles. There were physical healings that happened. What's really awesome is that three days before the big crusade. What I did is I met with the pastors and trained them how to pray for their congregation. Yeah. So it took it from the, 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 you know, the main place, Port-au-Prince, and it went out to, there, we had over 1,000 at those meetings, and it took it out to over 500 churches all around.
1: And the pastors and the people were trained on how to pray for the sick, and yes. then God multiplied the miracles after that. Yes. Um, give us your website, and then maybe say a prayer for somebody who's watching.
5: Okay, joanhunter.org, nice and simple, joanhunter.org. I have lots of YouTubes and and website, and you can see my books and different things like that. And uh, also, I just want to take a moment to pray with you. All of us have experienced a lot of trauma. Many people have gone through a time of fear. Uh, where it's really gripped them over the last couple of years. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing to each person that is within the sound of my voice. Father, right now, I thank you for just removing every bit of trauma in their heart, in their life, the disappointment, the fear. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just come against every bit of fear, and that we speak complete annihilation of the fear. Father, more than anything else, I just ask that you just pour your love all over them in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. Our guest has been joanhunter.org. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. If you need prayer today, we're here to pray for you. That's why we have a toll-free number 866 Obey God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. It's toll-free and If we're not there, if it's after hours, that's okay. Leave a message, we'll call you back. And we want to pray with you. That's why we offer these services. Also, if you can please donate on our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Please do so today. We'll see you next time. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.